Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats and not even get your tickets? That, that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickBick.com, where smart fans buy tickets online. No hidden fees. Search and buy now 100% authentic tickets. Best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service. Buy, bid on, and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110% guarantee. That's 110% guarantee. They show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide 0% buyer fees. If your ticket is $26, your, pr- your purchase is $26. No joke. The most transparent consumer-friendly ticket marketplace on the web, authentic valid tickets backed by our 100% money-back guarantee. You'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out and no hidden fees. Like I said, if it's $26, hell, if it's $8, it is an $8 purchase. Save an average of 10 to 15% on every purchase guaranteed only at TickPick.com. Get your tickets now. Today is Thursday, October 3rd, 2019, and on today's O-Show, I'm flying solo to recap WWE Monday Night Raw and AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite. It's the premiere of both episodes. We'll talk a little bit about NXT competing with AEW Dynamite on Wednesday nights as both shows delivered in grand style last night while also previewing WWE Friday Night SmackDown in Los Angeles at the Staples Center as they have arguably the biggest show in SmackDown history lined up for their transition over to Fox Sports. The Rock is going to be there. First time in three and a half years. We'll see Dwayne Johnson in the WWE ring on Friday night. Brock Lesnar challenges Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. And Kevin Owens battles Shane McMahon in a ladder match with both men's careers on the line. It's premiere week in wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. Raw, NXT, Dynamite, and SmackDown right here, right now on the O Show, presented by Belly Up Sports. Be bold, stand out. Check out all the latest content at bellyupsports.com and check out the Belly Up Shop as well. We're also sponsored by TickPick, the number one ticket marketplace with no hidden fees. Like I said, today is Thursday, October 3rd, 2019. Just wrapped up Rays Athletics. Rays moving on to face the Houston Astros in the ALDS. 
That should be interesting, hopefully. Yankees take on the Twins tomorrow. Remember, you can check out the O Show podcast for all postseason game recaps for the Yankees immediately following every single postseason Yankee game this October. But that is tomorrow. Today, we are talking professional wrestling. Wrestling fans around the globe have been clamoring for elite wrestling action and storylines for quite a while now. I think WWE has done a tremendous job at getting their viewers to change the channel on the remote controls over the past several years. I mean, everybody remembers this past December, Baron Corbin taking control of Raw. It was insanely horrible to the point where all the McMahons had to come back on screen on Raw to announce that they apologized for it being so bad. That's how bad it got. But however, on Wednesday night, last night, that all changed. Because for the first time since their loss back since their launch back in January, all elite wrestling, other known as AEW, backed by uh, Jacksonville Jaguars owner, current president Tony Khan, AEW officially launched AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite last night in Washington, D.C., a weekly television series that's going to air on TNT, now officially competing with Triple H's NXT program that airs at the same time on the same night, Wednesday nights, on the USA Network. So USA versus TNT here, and of course, WWE teaming with Fox now for Friday Night SmackDown. So in their first ever head-to-head meeting between AEW and NXT, Triple H and Cody Rhodes basically brought out the best in each other's brands by putting together two highly entertaining wrestling shows that saw epic debuts, epic returns, and of course, what everybody wants to see and everybody hopes to see, epic matches. So with both promotions officially at war on Wednesday nights, I mean, you could say these are the keys to their hot starts, both last night. Let's take a look at the key factors that made each show the success how it was. First of all, hot starts. I mean, in both Dynamite and NXT on Wednesday, wrestling fans around the globe got to witness epic beginnings to each show, an epic return on Triple H's brand, and a monumental storyline kicking off Tony Khan's show as well. So first on NXT, uh, current NXT champion Adam Cole was in the ring kicking off NXT at Full Sail University where they tape NXT in the ring, kicking off the show with a promo before he was met in the middle of the ring with a returning Finn Balor. He's been out of action since SummerSlam after losing to the Fiend Bray Wyatt and after a very mediocre run on the main roster for about three years. The former Universal Champions returned to NXT Marks the first time Balor's been uh, in NXT since he was called up to the main roster back in the summer of 2016 when he won the Universal title before tearing that labrum in his shoulder in a match against Seth Rollins. And then, of course, Balor went on that break, shaved his head, so he's got a new look. Um, Again, went on to become the first ever Universal Champion before losing it all in a shoulder injury in one night. That sidelined him for eight months. And that ended his only real push on the main roster. So with his return to NXT, Finn Balor once again can return to the main event scene. Hopefully Triple H books him right because Vince did a very poor job at doing that. And uh, while Finn Balor was shocking the WWE Universe in Orlando, Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes were kicking off their AEW championship feud with a bang in Washington, D.C. As uh, Chris Jericho interrupted a post-match handshake between Cody and Sammy Guevara. Uh, And after defeating Guevara in a great back-and-forth match, Sammy congratulated Cody in the middle of the ring before uh, that soon turned into a beatdown. So after a handshake between Cody and Sammy, 
The Painmaker, as he likes to call him, Chris Jericho made his presence known for the first time on TNT in nearly two decades. Remember, Jericho was in Monday Night Nitro with WCW back when Ted Turner and Eric Bischoff were running the show in the Monday Night Wars with Vince and Raw. So he's back on TNT. Um, this opening storyline kicks off Dynamite with a bang only because Jericho and Rhodes are set to face off in arguably the most anticipated match in AEW short history at AEW Full Gear in November. I mean, it's been the writing on the wall ever since they kicked off this. Jericho demanding that he gets a thank you from Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, obviously, the one of the EVPs, executive vice presidents, him and the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes, or him, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega, I got ahead of myself there, with Tony Khan and Jericho demanding his thank you, thinking that basically AEW would be nothing without him. So Jericho versus Rhodes in November kicked off Dynamite with a bang kick starting that feud. Uh, another key to both shows' success were the highly entertaining competition, which is the number one thing I think people wanted to see ever since Raw fell off the rails the past few years. I think both promotions lived up to their expectations last night uh, when delivering high-flying, acrobatic, and basically insanely athletic wrestling, including uh, an epic women's uh, championship match from both NXT and AEW. Uh, Rio faced off against Nyla Rose in a highly anticipated showdown on Dynamite, and Ryu uh, became the first-ever AEW Women's Champion in a terrific back-and-forth contest, and after picking up momentum over Rose, she put the nail in the coffin, hit Rose with the double knees to the face for the pinfall, uh, and that basically continues AEW's uh, rise to lay out the platform for their brand-new world championships. We'll see a brand-new AEW Tag Team Championship match uh, shortly. I think we saw it all out. I got to look back, but uh, while that was taking place in D.C., back in Orlando, NXT was setting the bar pretty high themselves with elite performances from Johnny Gargano, Shane Thorne. They went one-on-one in singles action, Gargano picking up the win, and then Candice LeRae versus Shania Blazer in their NXT women's title match, Bowser, Shania Bowser. But uh, Pete Dunne was also in action against Danny Burch, which turned out to be one of the best matches of the evening with Dunne picking up the win. And of course, the final key, I think, to the war between NXT and AEW, which was so perfect, like just absolute perfection on Wednesday night, was the both shocking and satisfying endings that left fans both, again, satisfied and asking questions. So despite both shows living up to their full potentials, both promotions pulled off Two shocking twists to send their fans home thrilled yet asking questions. First, on NXT, Triple H was able to pull off the shocker of the year, I think, in WWE, bringing back former NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa, who was sidelined with a neck injury, had to get neck surgery. He's been out of action for nearly half a year, forcing him to vacate vacate his NXT championship a while back. And in the show's final stare down, Adam Cole stared into the eyes of the vengeful uh, Ciampa looking to reclaim the title that he never lost, basically. So the likes of Finn Balor, Gargano, now Tommaso Ciampa, all lurking in the shadows for Adam Cole's NXT Championship, and that's how Triple H left fans, which was phenomenal. And then back in D.C., Tony Khan and Cody Rhodes were able to reel in yet another big fish. We saw John Moxley debut at... Um, Double or nothing back in at Vegas back in May. Of course, Jericho signing was a shocker when they announced the brand in general back in January. Uh, 
But they were able to reel in another big fish in the show's main event that pitted Chris Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz, which was another shocker at All Out, uh, up against Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, and things turned sour real quick. Uh, and after not being on television since his epic match with Joey Janela at Fighter Fest, John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose, returned to AEW television to sneak attack Kenny Omega, building up their future clash. That's going to take place in November at Full Gear. So Full Gear looking to be a monumental show with Jericho and Rhodes and now Moxley and Omega. Moxley DDTing Kenny Omega through a glass table backstage, which was earth-shattering. I don't think we'd ever see that in WWE. And then Chris Jericho and company took care of business in the ring while that was happening. So while Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz celebrated the victory and the win over the Young Bucks, Cody stormed down to the ring trying to get the last laugh, attacked the current AEW champion. Uh, Dustin Rhodes quickly backed him when he was getting beaten down. The Young Bucks and Rhodes getting beat down. Dustin Rhodes makes his presence felt. And then for the first time, now this is when the the big fish got reeled in by Tony Khan. For the first time since leaving WWE in 2017, Jack Swagger returned to professional wrestling to dismantle Dustin and Cody Rhodes. So w- AEW reels in yet another big fish looking to contend with WWE Swagger, was last seen fighting in Bellator MMA in a successful manner, too, winning his debut fight just a year ago. So with Swagger now in the mix, back in pro wrestling with AEW, look for the former uh, champ to clash with Dustin Rhodes at full gear. It seemed like that was the first guy he attacked, and he went after him quite a while. So it looks like they're heading in that direction. Swagger versus the former Goldust as AEW proves to be a real threat to the WWE fan base. Should be interesting. Whether you're watching WWE NXT or AEW Dynamite on Wednesday nights, you will be entertained. So why not watch both? Triple H battling Cody Rhodes for better ratings is set to bring out the absolute best in both promotions, the overall wrestling, and the overall wrestling community. So that was Wednesday night. Let's go all the way back to Monday night from Monday Night Raw in Phoenix at... Uh, Talking Stick Resort Arena, where Rey Mysterio was set to take on Seth Rollins for the WWE Universal Championship in the main event, which did not happen, which makes no sense. The way he got written out of the match made no sense, and the fact that he'll probably never actually get a title shot makes even less sense. So let's quickly recap that, shall we? Rey Mysterio kicked off Monday Night Raw with his son Dominic sitting front row. Rey Mysterio promising Dominic that he's going to bring the championship home. Rey Mysterio, former WWE champion in his own right, looking to win a title for the first time in nearly a decade. I think the last time Rey Mysterio was WWE champion was that one night. He was champion for less than two hours when he beat The Miz in that WWE championship tournament in 2011 on Raw. It was about a week after CM Punk beat John Cena at Money in the Bank and left with the title. So Vince had to uh, scram together a tournament. And the final two in the tournament were The Miz and Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio beats The Miz to kick off Raw the following week. And Triple H, that was his first night as COO when he took over for Vince. Remember, Vince left in that stunning fashion. Everybody's chanting, thank you, Vince. Yet he was on TV two months later and basically took back all of his power. Uh, But Rey Mysterio wins, defends the title against John Cena per orders of Triple H in in the night's main event of the evening. John Cena reclaims the title that he lost a week ago, making everything right in the world again after he lost to Punk. John Cena beats Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio's title. Uh, reign of two hours, like an hour and 45, honestly, 
came to an end. So that was the last time he was world champion. Last time in a world championship match was the next week against Alberto Del Rio when he broke his arm, was out for nearly a year. But he's back in the title scene now, or at least he was. He probably won't ever again. After promising Dominic that he was going to win the title, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, who were scheduled to be at the Raw premiere, even though he's basically going to be on SmackDown facing Kofi Kingston on Friday on Fox. First time ever WWE moves to Fox. Brock Lesnar gets into the ring, attacks Rey Mysterio, F5s him right out of the gate, and then goes out to the barricade and absolutely beats the holy hell out of Dominic. Now, Dominic has been training to become a WWE superstar. At least they say he wants to. So that was his first taste inside the wrestling world, getting the absolute crap beaten out of him by a former UFC world heavyweight champion, six-time WWE champion Brock Lesnar. I mean, that that there's nothing like that. You can't you can't do a mock sequence of that. You could have put John Cena in there, it would have been ten times less less brutal, the brutality that Brock Lesnar brings, whether he's in UFC or WWE where it's all scripted. He he laid out the pain for Dominic. Uh, Spinebuster on the, the ring pole, suplexed him multiple times in the ring. I mean, the way he grabbed him by his ears, Dominic was sitting front row ringside and Lesnar snatched him with just his baseball mitts of a pair of hands and absolutely flips him over the barricade onto the padless, might I add, padless floor area outside the ring. And I think he hit Rey Mysterio with one more F5, and that was basically it. Beat the shit out of the Mysterios and then left. They're probably never even going to go back to this. Remember when Brock Lesnar F5'd Shane McMahon in the main event of SummerSlam three years ago? That never came to fruition, though. I think a lot of people are happy that never came to fruition. But this one's kind of strange because Rey Mysterio obviously would never go over against a guy like Lesnar. Both aging veterans, really no sense to put a guy like Mysterio over Lesnar at this point in his career. So it's very shocking just to see Rey Mysterio get removed from a title match like this when the replacement title match later on in the night made no sense to begin with. So Lesnar attacks Mysterio, now heads over to SmackDown to face Kofi Kingston. I guess like the big picture here is that Brock Lesnar attacked Mysterio to show that he's the dominant 2012 Lesnar again, the Lesnar that broke Triple H's arm twice. They're bringing back that vicious side of Lesnar. So Rey Mysterio, the guy that everybody wanted to see face Seth Rollins in the main event, didn't get his shot because he got the beat, the crap beat out of him by Brock Lesnar, which makes no sense and probably never will. Now, this brings us to later on in the evening, because during Miz TV with uh, Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, they return to television to tease one more match in Saudi Arabia, Crown Jewel, which is absolutely absurd. Absolutely nobody wants to see that, and I mean nobody. I think I speak on behalf of professional wrestling fans all around the globe when I say we'd rather see Undertaker Goldberg 2 than Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair one-on-one. Rick might honestly not might make it into the night if he wrestled one more match. But luckily, they know it too. So they decided to go with Team Hogan versus Team Flair at the second annual Crown Jewel event in Saudi Arabia. So that's something. Seth Rollins was named as Hulk Hogan's captain with Randy Orton coming to the aid of his old evolution buddy to be his captain. King Corbin was added to the team with Flair, and uh, Maria's apparent sugar daddy, Rusev, was added to Team Hogan. And for whatever reason, Vince thought, hmm, Rollins and Rusev will team together at Crown Jewel, 
So why not have them face off for the Universal title in the main event? It's genius, right? So that's what they did. Seth Rollins versus Rusev for the Universal Championship, a match that nobody wanted to see. And for anybody wondering out there why hasn't WWE explained Rusev cheating on Lana with Maria Kanellis, you would soon find out that Vince really desperately wants kayfabe to come back with some of these storylines. So to check everybody up to speed, Maria announced Rusev as the father of her unborn child either last week or two weeks ago on Monday Night Raw. Makes no sense, I know. It's obvious Mike Bennett is the father of his wife's unborn child, or so we hope. Hopefully it's not one of those Jim Carrey movies. But uh, unless you're eight years old or younger, that is quite obvious that he's the child of Maria's baby. And now on this week's edition of Raw, during the Universal Championship match, while Rusev was in the middle of the ring, both Bobby Lashley and Lana returned to Raw and had themselves a massive game of tonsil hockey on the stage, which resulted in the probably the biggest pop of the night. Not in a good way at all, but in a, like, really? Are you serious? Or, like, what the fuck type of way. Uh, Rusev and Lana were off TV for nearly three months, and this is what Vince came up with. These poor, poor, poor two individuals took three months to think about what their positions are in the company and finally decided that they should return. And what does Vince tell them upon returning? These storylines with Rusev and Lana right now are not only disgusting, but they're honestly kind of repetitive if you look back at history. I mean, let's take a look at the facts. Since debuting in WWE five years ago, WWE has made Lana look like honestly the biggest whore in the women's locker room multiple times. In 2015, Lana was put into a relationship with Dolph Ziggler on screen, and then Rusev and Lana got engaged like during it, so they had to throw the entire storyline out. And then in 2016, The Rock made everyone believe that Lana and him had a one-night fling in his hotel room. When he returned to uh, WWE for one night only, it was the night after the Royal Rumble in 2016 on Raw, uh, when she was already engaged to Rusev. Rusev was in that segment, they had a lot of fun with it, whatever, but that's two. And then just last year, WWE used Lana in another infidelity storyline when we were supposed to believe that she was cheating on Rusev with Aiden English. So what gives? This guy should be booked as a massive Bulgarian brute, and he's playing second fiddle to his talentless wife who gets to play mistress with Bobby Lashley for the next few weeks. And trust me, this will probably only last a few weeks given the reactions it's going to get. But I want to talk about something that's actually important storyline-wise now. Seth Rollins goes up against the Fiend Bray Wyatt inside Hell in a Cell, which they built up horribly on Raw again, kind of rushed it at the end with the Fiend, but that's just me. Lana and Bobby Lashley were shocking the world with Rusev just standing in the middle of the ring like a dumbass when the lights went out and Wyatt attacks Rollins to end the show in a title defense that I guess ends in a no contest. They never rang the bell, so it felt kind of rushed. It's obvious that Bray Wyatt needs to win the title here. You can't have the Fiend lose his first major storyline after nearly building this guy up for a year because that's been the song and dance with Wyatt his entire career since 2014. He's never won a big feud despite being pushed against big talents like John Cena at WrestleMania 30, WrestleMania 30, The Undertaker 31, Randy Orton at 33, Roman Reigns, The Rock, you name it. So if he lost via screw job even here, he'd look bad. And quite honestly, he'd look mortal because The Fiend is supposed to be this immortal character, kind of like Finn Balor's demon who's never lost to this day, or even Demon Kane to Corporate Kane or to Knoxville County Mayor Glenn Jacobs. But The Fiend can't lose. 
first and foremost, which brings me to the theory of The Fiend getting screwed by Braun Strowman inside Hell in a Cell, which, for the love of God, cannot happen on Sunday. Have Wyatt win the title on Sunday and have him feud with Strowman going into the winner as this Rollins storyline plays out. Who's who's Seth Rollins going to defend the title against next if Wyatt, um, if Wyatt gets screwed by Strowman? If we're being serious. Randy Orton? Been there, done that. King Corbin, nobody wants to see that again. A Wyatt win gives you a ton of credibility and a ton of creative ability. Um, I personally think WWE rushed into Wyatt's title push that he's in right now because he's going to have to be champion until at least Mania, if booked correctly. But now that he's here, you may as well book him correctly. So if the current plan is for Braun Strowman to screw the fiend inside the cell, then prepare yourself for a flea of WWE fans jumping ship to All Elite Wrestling because Bray Wyatt is the number one best thing going in WWE today. Do not screw it up, please. So, will Bray Wyatt become Universal Champion at Hell in a Cell? Only one way to find out is to tune in on Sunday on the WWE Network, which leads me to the other world title defense that isn't happening at Hell in a Cell, Rather, on the Fox premiere of Friday Night Smackdown this Friday at the Staples Center in Los Angeles, California, Kofi Kingston, Brock Lesnar, WWE Championship. I low-key, well, actually not really, I high-key hope Rey Mysterio attacks Lesnar, and uh, I really hope that this angle of the attack on Raw leads to the little man screwing Lesnar against Kingston on Friday, because again, nobody wants to see Brock Lesnar as WWE Champion going into the winner. We finally have two fighting champions on WWE TV. Don't take that away now. If Lesnar becomes champion, he leaves until November, and then January, and then April, he'll come back for Survivor Series in November, the Rumble for in January, and then, of course, Mania in March and April. It's not worth it, and quite honestly, it'll hurt Fox more than they think it'll help them. I think the number one reason they want Lesnar as champ is because everybody knows who he is from a mainstream standpoint. Having a former UFC champion, former UFC heavyweight champion, Brock Lesnar, brings you ratings, which brings in more fans, which brings in more money for Fox. But having Lesnar win on Friday, that brings less title defenses, less show appearances, less matches, which means less ratings, less fans, and less money. Have Ray distract Brock and cost him the win. WWE has already proven that Lesnar is beatable. Three losses in the last year to Roman Reigns at SummerSlam 2018 and then two to Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 35 and SummerSlam just a few months ago. So a screw job here isn't going to destroy the beast. And with a fighting champion week in and week out, Fox can display Kofi Kingston however they want to. He can defend the title against whoever weekly. And honestly, if you're looking at it from a money standpoint, and I think that's the way Fox is looking at it, WWE should have went the route of The Fiend attacking Kingston instead of Rollins. That way, Wyatt can easily go over on Kingston and hold the WWE title for as long as he wanted to. And since he's arguably the number one thing in the company right now, he'd bring in big dollars for Fox. So maybe WWE has something up their sleeve in the coming week when they have their official draft for Raw and SmackDown, second one of the year. But again, they have to play it smart on Sunday with Wyatt at Hell in a Cell. So let's talk about Friday Night SmackDown. It's the premiere episode of Fox, which means Vince has pulled out the big guns. Arguably one of the biggest shows in SmackDown history. It's going to be a loaded two-hour show. Brock and Kofi's title match, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon in a ladder match. 
The Rock for an in-ring promo, maybe a few more surprises. John Cena's been rumored to be there. It's going to be a star-studded event for Vox's big premiere. So we talked a little bit about Lesnar and Kingston. Let's get into the co-main event, which is Kevin Owens putting his WWE career on the line in a ladder match against Shane McMahon, who is also putting his WWE career on the line. The official stipulation here is, I guess, that if Kevin Owens wins, Shane McMahon leaves WWE, but if Shane wins... Owens owes WWE that $100,000 fine that Shane dropped on a few weeks ago on SmackDown, and he stays fired from WWE. So the WWE, just like in the Lesnar-Kofi match, can go two ways here. They can have Owens beat Shane for the briefcase, erasing Shane McMahon from any future WWE shows, which I think a lot of fans would pray for a lot of them would enjoy it which honestly would probably result in him leaving until a big show like a wrestlemania because i don't think they just not utilize shane unless he actually plans on leaving remember he left for seven years back in 2010 why not leave again uh the other way you can go is to have owens lose to shane so shane continues to run roughshod as the best in the world and owens technically stays fired from smackdown but this way if he stays fired from SmackDown, he can move to NXT with Finn Balor following Wednesday on Triple H's brand, which he did hint at a few short weeks ago on Twitter with uh, the the numbers that aligned with NXT. So here he can, Shane can continue getting heat from WWE fans while Kevin Owens, just like Finn Balor, can return to a brand where he was always booked correctly by Triple H. There's no doubting that before he made his uh, debut on Raw against Cena in 2015. So who knows? Maybe he can join the Undisputed Era, help out his buddy Adam Cole. He's got a lot on his hands right now with Finn Balor and Tommaso Ciampa. But who knows? All I know is that these two main events are going to tear the house down in the Staples Center. Unless Vince books Dwayne before, then it, it'll already be off. So let's talk about Dwayne. First time since WrestleMania 32 in 2016 that he'll be back in a WWE ring. Hopefully they utilize him better than just a typical if you smell promo to kick off the show. Maybe John Cena shocks the world and shows up to confront The Rock. Maybe the two team up to take down a promising heel tag team that Vince can boost. I just hope that they make that segment interesting, especially if Cena's there, because then you could definitely use them to make a heel or even a heel tag team look strong. But again, there's only one way to find out. You've got to tune into Fox on Friday night at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific for Friday night SmackDown. I will not be tuning in. I will be watching the New York Yankees take down the Minnesota Twins. But afterwards, I will uh, check out the highlights. And I'll also be checking out WWE's new talk show, WWE Backstage, which is set to air on FS1, Fox Sports 1, with hosts Renee Young and Booker T. You know who else auditioned for the WWE show? CM Punk. Yep, the guy who walked out on Vince's company five years ago might be working with Fox, who is working with WWE to promote a SmackDown recap show. CM Punk was on uh, Collider just a few days ago to talk about it, and he basically said he was in no way working with World Wrestling Entertainment, and is if it's coming to fruition, he said he's working for Fox. So he said in no way he's working with WWE officials. Uh, but said he'd love to work with Renee Young and Booker T on the show because he loves his new role of commentating. He did a little bit of it uh, in UFC. He did a little with Joe Rogan. So now he wants to do it in pro wrestling. Still says he's never going to wrestle again, has no passion for it, says he turned down anything WWE tried to offer him, but says he'd love to commentate for uh, the industry that he once loved and also despised. 
So if Punk were to return to WWE programming, it wouldn't even be with WWE, it would be with Fox. But time will tell if that actually happens. A lot of stuff is going down this week in pro wrestling. Uh, AEW, Dynamite, premiered last night, Wednesday night on TNT, NXT countered. The Wednesday Night Wars have officially begun with last night's shows. Raw's premiere was a total bummer in Phoenix on Monday. Poor Rusev and Lana should have fled to All Elite Wrestling when they had the chance. Honestly, the same could be said for Mike and Maria Kanellis, who locked themselves away for five long more years. Team Hogan versus Team Flair at Crown Jewel. Again, thank the Lord Flair and Hogan aren't tossing it up one more time. Nobody needs to see that. Hell in a Cell this Sunday on the WWE Network. The premiere of Friday Night SmackDown on Fox tomorrow. And WA just announced their new weekly television show starting October 8th. And speaking of which, if you haven't gotten the chance yet to go check out my article, uh, check it out now with NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis, a new article out now on ProWrestlingStories.com discussing Nick's career from our interview back in April. It's a good read, I promise. I'm a little biased, but it's good. Man, a lot is happening in pro wrestling right now, all in the midst of postseason MLB baseball, plus week five of the NFL, not to mention the NHL season is now officially underway, NBA season just around the corner. It's a good time to be a sports fan, and, uh, That'll do it for today's episode. I just wanted to quickly recap this week in professional wrestling. And as always, the Osho is presented by Belly Up Sports. Go check out bellyupsports.com for all the latest sports content. And by TickPick, you've heard the ads throughout the episodes, man. It's the number one ticket marketplace with no hidden fees. You know. Hit it, Hootie. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube